Psalm 119, and we're in the eighth stanza this morning, or excuse me, the fourth stanza. There's eight verses here. Um, <clears throat> in Psalm 119, and Daleth uh, might be how you pronounce that. It's the, the fourth letter in the Hebrew alphabet. Um, <clears throat> I'll be honest, it was kind of hard to organize the thoughts this morning here in this, but I think we have something that would be a benefit from the Word. I suppose even if we just read it, it's good. You don't need me to open my big dumb mouth, but uh, um, so. But in any case, we're going to talk about from defeat to triumph. Uh, from defeat to triumph here this morning, and uh, we, as this psalm opens up, this uh, uh, the psalmist is in a def- defeated state, I guess you could say, and and uh, maybe some of us this morning, or some of you are uh, feeling a little defeated, feeling down, uh, but it closes out in a triumphant way in verse thirty-two and. And uh, so we're going to kind of look at some things that how to, how to get from the beginning, he's cleaving unto the dust, to the end where he's running uh, to uh, the ways of the commandments of the Lord. And so uh, just to, from defeat to triumph this morning. And so this, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to read this and, and uh, just ask the Lord to bless uh, the lesson. And so if you want to turn your attention to verse 25, we'll start there and read down through verse 32. Uh, The word of God says this, My soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. I have declared my ways, and thou heardest me. Teach me thy statutes. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts. So shall I talk of thy wondrous works. My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according unto thy word. Remove from me the way of lying, and grant me thy law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. I have stuck unto thy testimonies. O Lord, put me not to shame. I will run the way of the commandments, or the, the, excuse me, I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, I thank you for this passage, and I just pray, Lord, that you would use it this morning. I pray that everything that's said this morning honors and glorifies you. And Lord, I just ask that you would do a work in our hearts this morning, that you would encourage those that need encouragement and strengthen us, Father, to do uh, your work. And we'll give you the glory for all of it. In Jesus' name, amen. And so here this morning, the first thing is we, we see that the, uh, the psalmist here is defeated. And, uh, or, you know, it says that my soul cleaveth unto the dust. And, and uh, really, he's, when you look at this, he's pretty discouraged. There in that verse a little bit later, he says that his heart is heavy. Um, <clears throat> and so the idea here is that he's lying uh, maybe face down in the dirt or in the dust. And, and, uh, but we really don't know what put him there necessarily, specifically. Um, but we know biblically or throughout history, when folks are in the dust, if you will, when they're lying in, in sackcloth and ashes, we see sometimes it's often because of devastating grief. Uh, just some discouragement and, and some things that had taken place. And, and uh, in the times of loss, uh, often in, in the Bible, we see that uh, folks would fall on their faces and cover their heads with dirt or ashes. And, and uh, you want to think of Jacob at the, the side of his son's bloody coat when he finds out that his son has been, or he believes that his son has been slain. And, and uh, you might think of Jeremiah sitting on the heap of ashes uh, that was once Jerusalem. And uh, maybe the mothers, as they wailed and, and wept 
uh, for their children after Herod's madness of killing all the newborn babes. And, and uh, <clears throat> does anyone keep his composure at such times? Um, it's, it would be challenging. Um, oftentimes we allow our circumstances uh, to dictate our response. And, and I'm not saying we ought not mourn at times. And, and uh, there's biblical uh, teachings on mourning in those things. And, and, uh, but listen, the reality is even the mightiest of men oftentimes cling to the dust. There are times when they're, they're heavy, uh, they're burdened, uh, they're in grief, they're in mourning. And, and uh, to make it even more vivid of a picture here in verse 28, in the first part of that verse, it says, my soul melteth for heaviness or for grief. And so we know that the psalmist has got a great burden. Uh, you might say he's distraught. And perhaps in verse 9, we get a glimpse of, of why he is that way. In verse 29, it says, remove from me the way of lying. And, and uh, perhaps there were those that uh, were slandering him. He'd maybe become the object of slander. Uh, maybe there were some malicious men circulating evil rumors about him. Um, uh, but there was some lying taking place. And, and uh, <clears throat> specifically, though, it doesn't say what kind it was, and, and he doesn't tell us here in this psalm. Uh, but listen, the reality is of what's taking place is horrible. Whatever he's experienced has got him discouraged. It's got him down. His heart's heavy. He's burdened. It's melting. Um, and uh, uh, listen, in verse 31, it says, O Lord, put me not to shame. And so maybe some of these false accusations, these lies about him, uh, we're getting some traction among other people and, and uh, those things. And uh, listen, have you ever been accused of something that wasn't true? Um, think of some of the worst things that could happen to you and, uh, or could, you could be guilty of or not guilty of but accused of, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And, and uh, I have a friend of mine and, and or an acquaintance, I guess, that I worked with and he was accused of sexual assault in the Air Force and he was acquitted at at court-martial, but that was, talk about being in the dust and, and your heart melting and just being distraught and discouraged, facing allegations of something so severe, knowing that you're innocent and you didn't do anything. And, and so, you know, maybe the psalmist is dealing with some of those things where uh, there's some folks saying some negative things about him. Uh, <clears throat> the whore uh, is what the psalmist felt so long ago, this, this whore of of being falsely accused, perhaps, and, and uh, how would you feel if that was you? You know, or maybe there's just different circumstances. Maybe you lived through 2020, and life was rough, and it was discouraging, and, and it seemed like at every turn there were just frustrations and, and troubles and things, and, and uh, it just like your life is a horror story almost. And, and, uh, the, but the psalmist, he goes through this. Um, and I think oftentimes when we're hurting... We're tempted to sing that old song, and I won't sing it for you. I'll just quote the words. I'll save you guys some, some grief of your own from, from singing. But, you know, you've heard it. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows my sorrow. And oftentimes when things aren't going the way that we think they ought to go, that's what we start singing. Uh, we just get down. We allow those circumstances to burden us down. And, and uh, the psalmist is experiencing that for, for whatever the reason may be. But listen, the reality is that's not true. Somebody does know. Yeah, amen. Amen. There hath no temptation 
taken you, but such as is common to man. Listen, others have faced what you've faced um, uh, just as badly as you, probably worse. Sometimes we think our troubles are worse than anyone ever. Uh, Listen, don't forget the sufferings of Christ on your behalf. What He went through for you. And so our troubles really, when we look at it in the light of that, they're not that bad. But we know the psalmist here was down. He was discouraged. He was, he was heavy. And so today we're going to look at, I believe it's six things here. How did he go from this discouragement, if you will, or this heaviness to triumphing? And I, if you would, turn to verse um, twenty or 32 once again. It says, I will run the way of thy commandments. And, I, and I'll just give you a little hint of how we're going to wrap this up today. Um, he's enthusiastic, enthusiastically running the way of his, the Lord's commandments. He is now enthusiastically pursuing the will of God, if you will. And so we, he, he makes this transition from being discouraged and just feeling hopeless to all of a sudden he's ready to go uh, charge hell with a squirt gun, if you will. He wants to just serve God. And so, how does he do this? He talked it over with God. Look at verse 26. I have declared my ways, and thou heardest me. Teach me thy statutes. Listen, he went before the Lord. Listen, great troubles often leave us dumb before God. Have you ever been so burdened about something you just didn't even know what to pray? Didn't even know what to say? Uh, I've been there before. Not a lot, thankfully, but, but listen, sometimes that happens. But the psalmist, that wasn't his, the case for his life right here. Uh, he had these burdens. He was down. He was heavy. Uh, and he went before the Lord in prayer. And, and Ezra, he, if you remember, he lays prostrate for several hours. Couldn't lift up his face to the Lord. And, and Job outdid him even. You remember Job, and, and uh, he was stunned by those, what was going on in his life and the situation and the circumstances, and he was speechless for seven days. Who can blame him, right? You know, we talk about our troubles. Look what Job went through. And listen, I, I, let me remind you, he didn't know the end of that, right? We always like, I wasn't that bad. Look what God did to him after. He had to experience the trouble before the blessings came. Right, And so we always have to remember that these folks, they lived this out. And they didn't read it in 10 or 15 minutes of Bible reading in a day. It was their life. And so, uh, listen, our troubles, I'm afraid, probably aren't too bad. But we can still get down and, and get frustrated. And, but these men, they, they were so down and, 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 and they were just unable even to go before the Lord. But the psalmist, that wasn't the case. And, and uh, we would never blame these people for those things. But... We can't justify it either. Uh, the Word of God tells us in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. No matter what cares you have, no matter what burdens you have, if you just declare those to God, if you will, if you just cast those upon Him, He cares. And He can help take that burden off of you. And He can... And encourage you and strengthen you. And so, listen, the psalmist here, we see he went to the Lord. He was down and he was discouraged, but he declared those things to the Lord. Uh, he went to his God. And, and listen, the Spirit, 
uh, is given to us to help us at such times as this, right? When we don't know what to pray. Romans 8, 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. <clears throat> for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Boy, that's a blessing. When you know you're, you're discouraged and you're down and you're heavy and, and I just, Lord, I don't even know what to say. Just start talking because the Spirit's making utterance for you. Uh, on your behalf, and, and He's going to be there, and, and He's making intercession for you. And uh, listen, so you don't have to know what to say. Uh, we, I know we like to always have the answer. And in the military, I hate getting caught off guard. So I hate it. So we have a, a, a chain of command, right? And, and you really don't want the person above you to know what's going on in your area before you know. It's very difficult. Uh, I hate saying, well, sir, I'm sorry. Let me get some more information and I'll get back with you. I, I hate that. And so, but that seemed like that was my Friday, just all day, every day. And, and, uh, but listen, we have the spirit that makes intercession for us. We don't have to have all the right answers every day, all the time. We can just go and declare those things and declare our ways and declare our frustrations, declare our discouragement before the Lord. And the Holy Spirit will come and intervene for us and, and, and speak on our behalf, if you will. And look at verse 15. Or not, you're not going to, don't look at verse 15. That's irrelevant. This is Hebrews 4.15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Listen, we have the Spirit interceding for us to a high priest that understands and that cares and wants to comfort, and wants to give peace and grace. And, and uh, listen, our times of pain ought to be times of prayer. And when I get stressed, I'm better at it now than I used to be. Uh, you know what my coping mechanism is? Sleep. I just want to shut things off and take a nap. Uh, but listen, when we have these moments of, of pain and, and stress and things, those ought to be some of the sweetest times of prayer we have. Because we can go before God and just say, God, I, I don't even know what to do here. These circumstances are beyond anything of my understanding and my control, and I just need help. And, and He cares. He understands those infirmities, those things that, that are bothering us and those challenges that we have. He's experienced those things. And listen, He overcame those things. And so he knows just what you need, and he can give it to you to encourage you through those times. Uh, he'll be there for you. And uh, <clears throat> uh, do not let them slip away, those precious times of prayer that you can have when you're down. Uh, don't, uh, don't let the pain numb you. Let it sensitize you to God. Uh, just become more sensitive and, and yielding to God's Spirit in those times. And so we see the psalmist, he went and he declared his thing, these things to, before the Lord. And, and uh, he, secondly, he thought on God and His marvelous ways. Sometimes we just need to stop and think of all the great things God has done, and we'll get over some of our pity party. Uh, verse 27 says, so shall, so shall I talk of thy wondrous works. 
The word there, talk, has the idea of to pondering, to meditate, to commune. And we kind of talked about this recently in a couple, the last couple weeks and, and really to kind of converse with yourself and, and that idea of meditation. And so he just began to think about the things of God and the wondrous works that God's already accomplished. And uh, God is full of wonders. Uh, but perhaps one of the greatest wonders is, is his ability to take negative things or evil things and turn them into good things. That doesn't make sense in our human minds. We don't understand how that happens. Uh, but God's good at it. Let me give you a couple of examples. And you think of uh, the Apostle Paul that had this persistent pain, if you will, that never goes away. He had this thorn in his flesh. Right? But God used it to make Paul the greatest preacher probably who ever lived. God was able to take that negative thing and make it a positive thing. Uh, What about those that may have seemingly wasted their life? Yet after 40 years of of wasted years, if you will, uh, Moses was equipped to lead God's people out. You know, sometimes these things that we consider negative, it's amazing what God can do and, and the wondrous works He can do. And, and here's probably the greatest example uh, when you think of uh, what could be worse than the crucifixion. What could be worse than that? And yet it's by the cross uh, that the Lord earned uh, the name above every name. And so these things that God can miraculously do, these wondrous works He can do through circumstances that we would be distraught and and just downtrodden and and heavy-hearted about, God is doing a work that we know not of that one day will be glorious and wondrous. And and so the the psalmist here begins to, he says that he will talk of thy wondrous works. He says, I'm going to dedicate my mind to thinking on those things that God's done in the past perhaps. Those miracles that God has done, he's taken negative things. And so a time, uh, in times of pain, maybe we ought to be meditating on God's wondrous works. Uh, And maybe we should force ourselves to think all things work together for good. Sometimes it's hard to do that. Uh, Like I said, it's easy for us to look at Job after the fact, but when you're living it, it's a little bit harder, but so I say we need to force ourselves to think on those things uh, and God's wondrous works and that God's going to work this out and uh, make yourself believe uh, that this very suffering that fits for his glory, right? Whatever he's doing is bringing about the glory of, his, of himself. And, and so uh, the apostle, or excuse me, I don't know why I keep saying the apostle, but the psalmist here, he, he chose to talk of the wondrous works of the Lord. So he was down and, and frustrated and, and discouraged, but he said, you know what, I can't forget those great things that God has done. And moving on, he, res- he retained uh, a holy interest. He kept a holy interest, if you will. Verse 26, 27 and 29 have similar, similar thoughts here, but 26b says this, teach me thy statutes. The first part of 27 says, make me to understand the way of thy precepts. And the last part of 29 says, grant me thy law graciously. He remained interested in the things of God, if you will. He was still asking God to teach him the word. Uh, What do you most want in times of pain? Relief, right? 
Nobody wants to continue to be in pain. Um, I've had back issues for several years. I went on a deployment back, I think it was in 2009, and we were convoying a lot, and it was this um, a het. I don't, most people don't. Brother Brock, it's a heavy equipment transport. You're welcome. I, I forget. He always reminds me when I use acronyms. There's, there's these civilians that don't know what I'm talking about. And so, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll just tell you this. The roads in Iraq are not as nice as the interstate through South Dakota. Even the worst part of the interstate here. And so it was just constant. Uh, and I got home and you're, all that body armor and 210 rounds of ammo and all this stuff. And my back just bothered me. And I went and got some physical therapy. But it's been really acting up again lately. And so I'm about to turn 40. And I think that's when everything breaks down. But um, <clears throat> so I, I can't imagine how y'all feel. But um, so <laughs> I'm, pr- I'm probably a younger one in here. But, uh, so, but my back's been bothering me. And I just want relief. I'm like, I'm just tired of dealing with it. You know, and something has to happen here. And, and when we're going through pain, well, that's what we want, right? Nobody wants to be discouraged. Nobody wants to be down. Uh, but this, this is interesting. The psalmist wants something else. He wants to know God's will for his life. He says here, teach me thy statutes and make me to understand the way of thy precepts. Grant me thy law graciously. God, teach me what I need to know through this. God, help me to understand what you're trying to do through these circumstances in my life. Show me through your word how I ought to conduct myself. And and just teach me, Lord. And uh, it's easy. We don't want to suffer, but the reality is we need to. Uh, That's the reality of it. And and we'll look at a verse here to remind you of that in a moment. Um, He is not seeking an explanation for the pain. I think that's worth noting here. Uh, He wants to know how to glorify God in it. How can I serve you in this, Lord? Teach me. Uh, Don't answer my every little question, but teach me. uh, What would you have me to do? How do you want me to respond in this area? What does your word teach me on how I ought to be doing through these circumstances? Uh, That's not an easy thing to do. Uh, and, and to do it honestly. Uh, <clears throat> pain oftentimes or grief or discouragement has a way uh, to get us focusing our attention solely on, our, solely on ourselves. Oftentimes when we're going through challenges, we're, oh, woe is me, and it, the, it, nobody's ever experienced this. It's all about me. And we, we need to be very careful, but that's the natural tendency. And, uh, but we need to be careful not to give in to that s- temptation. And, and uh, my dad always told me growing up, a, good, a little self-denial is good for you. Uh, we, have to re- we ought to remember to bring our bodies into subjection and, and, and to deny ourselves and, and not become uh, or not to succumb to some of these temptations that, that just because it's natural for us to respond that way doesn't mean it's right. And, and so the psalmist turns to God and he says, God, I need you to show me uh, what I need to know through these circumstances. Teach me. And he remained obedient. Look at verse 30. It says, I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I not laid, or have I laid before me. Not only was there a desire to know God's will, but he also wanted to do it. Uh, he wanted to do the things that God was teaching him through these circumstances. And, and by his grace, uh, he did it, right? And uh, is it possible to obey the Lord in times of terrible pain? It is. Uh, We've talked about Job this morning. Uh, Job's faith is well known. Let me remind you of Job's 23.10. It says, but he knoweth the way that I take. 
When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. And so we see his great faith. But what I think is less known or emphasized oftentimes is verses 11 and 12. And it's Job's obedience. It says, My foot hath held its steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Is the word of God that important to you? The psalmist here is saying, teach me your word, Lord. Give me your word. And listen this morning, uh, I don't believe I can totally identify with Job here when he says that I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. I think so oftentimes we get in these discouraging moments or these challenging times or these painful times and we just get so focused on what's going on in our lives that we neglect the things of God and His Word. And we start caring for all the troubles. But Job's example was those things from the Word of God were the most necessary. Trying to figure out all of these circumstances on my own is not what I needed. I needed to get into the Word of God and understand what God had to say because that's more necessary than even the the food that I eat to survive. Is the Word of God precious to you like that? Uh, The psalmist is is asking God to teach him and and to show him things from the Word. And and listen, uh, when you're in pain and you're in, in trouble, do you go to God's Word? We talked about going to prayer, but we ought to go to prayer. But do you get into God's word? Uh, No doubt you've heard we ought to uh, seek God's will in God's word, right? And and listen, but you got to get in there and do it. Um, This week, our boys are uh, cooking dinner. So they uh, mouthed off one day and Cindy, you know, she, she, women are amazing. I don't know. I don't know how they come up with a meal to eat every day, multiple times for different meals. You know, it's me. You know, I'm trying to go to work. I'm just focused on work, and I get home. I didn't even think about really anything taking place at the house. And, and women, they just have all these things here, and they didn't make it happen. And, and so they mouth off, right, and said something silly about what we were having for dinner. And I said, well, guess what? This week, for three days, Caleb will cook dinner once, Colin, and then Carter. I'll, I'll do a, a fourth. So, um, so I'm taking Wednesday because that's usually always our easy day because we make it something real quick because get out of work. And so, um, but uh, they mouthed off and, and so they're cooking dinner for us. And, and listen, we need that food to survive. Uh, but I think oftentimes we get so focused on the physical things in our life that we neglect to get into the bread of life. And to get the nourishment that we need from the word. Uh, and, and listen, uh, we'll, we'll get there. I don't want to get ahead of my notes here. I might have to get ahead of myself here. We're almost to the conclusion already, believe it or not. But listen, he remained hopeful. He remained hopeful. His condition was bad. We kind of talked about that a little bit. We didn't really labor that. But uh, listen, when your heart's heavy and, and you're cleaving to the dust and, and your soul is melting for heaviness, uh, listen, just understand that he's going through it. He's having a rough go. Uh, listen, he's, he's not happy to be here and proud to serve at the moment. He, he's struggling. Uh, but listen, he remains hopeful. 
uh, things are bad. And, and uh, <clears throat> listen, sometimes we got to remember it can always get worse. But listen, God hasn't lost his power. Uh, he was able to say this in verse 25 in, in the latter part of that verse. It says, quicken thou me according to thy word. Boy, revive me, Lord, according to your word. And in verse 28b, it says, strengthen thou me according to thy word. Lord, give me the strength, Lord. I, I believe you can do this for me. And, and look at verse 32, the last part of that verse. It says, when thou shalt enlarge my heart. He remained hopeful in God's ability to come and meet his needs. Uh, he he trusted that God could quicken him, to revive him, to strengthen him, to enlarge his heart. Uh, listen, in times of trouble, we are p- prone to magnify the power of Satan, the power of evil men, uh, and the power or, or the significance of our problems. We see it across our nation every day. Things are, that's all the news ever talks about. You, when's the last time you got on and looked up some news and there was positive? So on, uh, on the radio, there's a, every Friday, there's like this good news thing. Um, and, and that's all they do is talk about good news. But I've even found listening to that, it, it, it's pretty shaded. Um, like this, that's good, but oh, that's not great, you know. Um, listen, we, we tend to focus on such of the negative things when we're going through, through troublesome times. And, and the, or the psalmist here says uh, that he remained hopeful. Uh, listen, uh, oftentimes we want to minimize the ability or the power of God in his word at those times because uh, probably because we're not in it, we're not seeking him. But, but listen, that's the reality of what happens in our lives a lot of times. Uh, yet what power does Satan have compared to God? We always, oh man, look what the, Satan's doing. He's just having his way. God is still in control. Yes, amen. Uh, and there's nothing that's going to take place in this world that will ever change that. Nothing. Uh, what power does your problem have compared uh, to his word? We have example and example after example in God's word of people that faced horrible things. And we can go to his word and see how God took that and did amazing, miraculous things with it. But we doubt it all the time because we're in that pain. We need to remain hopeful like the psalmist. Listen, it was God who created Satan. And not Satan who created God. God's in control. Uh, God is sovereign. Satan is servant. He had to go before God and ask permission to touch Job. Don't forget that. The things that you're facing in life, God is, is allowed. Uh, <clears throat> listen, uh, it is his word that sustains all things. Your problems are all well within his capabilities. God can handle every single one of them. Remain hopeful in what God can do in his abilities. Uh, Problems often produce despair, but they should produce hope. Tribulation, after all, produces patience, experience, and hope. Uh, Romans, I told you I was going to remind you of this. Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Are you glorying in those things? Are you rejoicing in those things? Uh, if you're not, it's because you've lost sight of what the rest of this verse says. Knowing tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. That scripture in itself is a comfort. And listen, we need to go through challenging, difficult times to get some experience. 
we got to learn how to persevere, uh, to gain some experience and, and, and listen. And we have the hope that those around us don't. I've been dealing with folks at work lately. They have no hope and they're going through some tough things, difficult things. Just come to church with me. Read this track. You need this. But they don't think that way. They're trying to figure it out physically. How can I make this change? Uh, listen, they need God. They don't have the hope that we have. And, and listen, I, and this is where we talk about uh, defeat to triumph. He remained ambitious. Psalm 119.32, and it says, I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Who loves running? One person. Thank you, Brother Petraco. One person. He's the, the, the psalmist here, I don't believe, is looking to get rid of the, these, these issues, these problems. Uh, not for relief, but so that he can renew and improve his energetic obedience. Excuse me, he's looking at the commandments, sorry, to, to renew and energize his, his obedience. And, and uh, I, I watched a, a documentary this week. And I don't watch a lot of documentaries, but it was on, on the Disney thing. And uh, Breaking Two, has anybody seen that? Breaking Two, and, and it's about uh, running a marathon in under two hours. 26.2 miles with your own legs in less than two hours. No bicycles, no cars. And they took three men, and, and it showed a, a lot of promise, and uh, that was actually the half marathon world record holder. Um, he has no endurance, by the way. That was the end of it. But, um, and there was another guy that was, he had, I think, the fastest marathon time. Uh, and then there was this third guy uh, that was just, it was like his body was designed for running. And so when they, they, they broke all this science down and all they talked about these lactic acid things and all these different things and, and they're, they're like testing their blood every so often to try to keep them in these optimal ranges of these things um, based on, and you know, I mean, at the end of the day, to run 26.2 miles in two hours, that's 13.1 miles an hour, flat out for 26 miles, minimum. Mm, talk about blowing your mind, right? So some people don't ride a bicycle 15 miles an hour. But listen, what, I, what I'm telling you is these guys had to stay focused. I will run the way of thy commandments. And the psalmist says, I am committed to running the way of God's word. He was ambitious. He desired to do things according to the way God designed in his plan. With the hope that God's going to enlarge his heart. And listen, just like those men that were trained, by the way, they didn't do it. The fastest guy, sorry, I've kind of left you on a cliffhanger, but um, so he was from Kenya. So it was Kenya, some other Eritrea, some, a nation I hadn't heard of. And then there was another uh, African nation, I can't remember. But the guy from Kenya uh, ran two hours and 25 seconds. He did not, and they were discouraged because they didn't meet his goal. And so... But two hours and 25 seconds. And, and in the last bit, you know, they got the music playing. I'm like, oh, this guy, come on. You know, and, and, uh, but, and you can tell it's like he's just all outgoing. But he just did not have it physically. But these men were so focused. Their diet. Their shoes. 
everything that they did as they prepared to break two was according to the plan. And listen, when we face challenges in this life and we're, we're down and we're discouraged, if we will stick to God's plan, and it says that we'll run the way of thy commandments, and we just get ambitious and we get dedicated like those marathon runners to run the race and stick to God's plan, He can enlarge our hearts, He can strengthen us, and He can give us those things to make those big things that we're facing seem small and we can go on for His glory. And so this morning, I just want to leave you with that thought. Are you running in the commandments of the Lord? Are you, I mean, these guys aren't going to run two hour marathons on accident. That's right. Right? They have to commit to the plan. They have to train. They have to stay focused. And as, as believers and as Christians in this life, we ought to do the same. We have a race that is set before us. And we got to run lawfully. we got to run according to the Word of God. And, and those things that we face along the way, there might be hurdles in the race. There might be challenges and, and that seem unsurmountable. But with God's grace and with His help through His Word, we can overcome them all. Heavenly Father, we do thank You for this day. Lord, I thank You for Your Word. And, and I thank You for this lesson. And I pray, Lord, that we would truly apply the principles of your word to our lives. And Lord, that you would help us to run this race in a way that glorifies and honors you. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to lead folks to Christ along the way. Lord, I pray that you take our church and do great things with it. And Father, now we pray for your blessing on the morning service. We ask for your Holy Spirit filling. We pray, Lord, that you would just do work in each and every heart. I pray that each one would be tender and receptive to the word. And I pray, Lord, that you would do a work in each heart to draw each one near to you, and we'll give you the thanks for all of it. In Jesus' name, amen.